Welcome crew to What Are Your Three, a Channel 3 podcast where we bend the laws of space and time because this is going to be basically the middle of January, but Ray and I are, are getting ready to call it before Christmas. This is going to get real weird as far as trying to trying to pin times down. But besides that, we take a member of the Channel 3 community, discuss three games of their choosing, go through some honorable mentions, some other odds and ends, and uh, have a nice little video game discussion crossing over between two years. I'm Dan, with me as always, Ray. What's going on, everybody? Today's guest, we pull another member of the Dad Gaming who just just finished the Mario Golf minutes, moments before this recording here. It is Mr. Tooth LaRue himself. Toots, how are you doing tonight? I'm doing good. Looking forward to this. Golf was rough tonight, but... Golf is golf's rough on somebody or multiple people each night. Yes. Well, it was it was a Mario and Bowser two v two versus the CPU, and the CPU yeah. at times can be unforgiving. The golf's the Mar- the the Mario Golf CPU is one of the tougher ones out there. <laughs> yeah, I I mean I've played Mario Golf for a while, but tonight's was rough. I was the one that made the rule set, and I was I about to say, wait, this hard. was your fault. <laughs> it was one hundred percent my fault. But we still have fun. We always have fun on Sunday nights. All right, well, let's get into this here. Of course, we just talk about Nintendo here, but uh, we're going in a little different direction tonight, and I'm, I'm going to get into it later. But let's get to this first game. It takes two. Number one game on the list here. And we're going to start with this question first. Who was or is your number two in this game? Uh, my number two in this game was my son. Um originally i bought this because i was like oh it looks like something fun that i could play with my wife and so i got it and we tried and she just wasn't into it so um i kind of had it for a long time and my son he was five years old he wanted to play it for some reason and so we started playing it and the game's just awesome it's it's just tons of fun it's a beautiful game uh, yeah, it, it was good. So your son's five when you're playing it. This is a um, this is a tough game for a five year old to play. No, he he just kind of really took to it. You guys take yeah, your time well, with it. We we did take our time. It, it you know the control the controller was big for him, but he he's learned how to do this weird claw thing that he likes to do. And with it takes two, it really isn't the like there aren't a lot of difficult button combinations and things like that it's a lot more like timing and sometimes having to rush through things that would get hard you ever have to uh kind of switch up characters because one one like one character's uh job was a little tougher than the other yeah there there were times where we had to change the controllers back and forth but it there really wasn't too many parts like that I remember there's one one level where uh, you get like one of you has you throw nails and the other person has like a hammer that you can use to kind of swing from the nails and stuff. Then you have to shoot the nails in a certain spot, and then um, the other person has to be jumping really quickly. But then you also have to be calling your nails back and shooting them in another place. And so you know those parts were usually me doing the harder of the two operations um 
and then he would, you know, we would work through it, and, you know, if we got frustrated or things like that, take a break and come back to it later. So this is a game you, you 100%ed. How, how long does that take? Is this, was like, finish the game and then go back and kind of find stuff? Was this just kind of painstakingly doing it piece by piece? How'd you get through this whole thing? Well, my son became obsessed with the game and wanted to play it all the time. Um, so we, we played through it and beat everything. And then what I did was I went and kind of looked at the trophies that you needed to earn because I knew we were going to be playing this a whole bunch of times. So every time we would go to, you know, he would want to play a different level, I would look at and see what trophies there were and we would try and get those trophies when we would play that level. But yeah, it's, it's, I don't very often get 100% platinum on a game, but that was one that I did. You just said trophies, and I, and I realized, I guess I should have asked, you know, what, what system did you play this on? Obviously, it must have been PlayStation, right? It was, uh, yeah, PS5. The PS5. I, I say it, I think I have it, I got it on the Switch and didn't even, like, think about the fact that this game, you know, one game, one game of the year uh, for it. Obviously, it's just on all the systems here. I, I mean, the game is such a cool game. Like, each level is really unique, uh, and you each get, like, special abilities on each level. It changes things up. You know, there is some odd stuff, because, you know, the story is about parents that want to get a divorce, and then their kid turns them into, you know, these little dolls. Um, so, like, at, at one point, you the parents come up with the bright idea that uh, they should, if they could get their daughter to cry again, that would turn them back into humans. And so you have to try and capture, like, her her stuffed elephant, and while you're doing that, you end up, like, ripping off one of her ears and her arm. <laughs> it's, it's, you know, it's a little bizarre, but... Uh, for the most part, the game was just good. It was fun. There's all you know, yeah, because it, it it is it's almost it's a little bit of a heavy story. Does does that whole thing? Does the whole story just kind of go over the head of your five year old, or, or does he like have some? Does does he, does he have kind of his own concept of of what you're trying to do in the game, other than you're a doll and you're trying to become a person again? You know, I think we, you know, there were questions here and there, but for the most part, it's. We're little dolls, and we want to get back to normal. You play any other games like this one? Because like I'm, I'm still playing Unraveled with my son, and that story is—he's five now. And that that story has completely gone over his head. He's like, "Oh, we're we're string," and hey, look at those kids running around in the background. What are they doing? Like, he's, he's got no idea. About they're perfectly like happy, story. son. They're just going <laughs> to watch a baseball game and have a good time together. I told him, he's like, hey, what's, they're running away? I was like, yeah, look, there's, there's someone chasing them. They're running away. Like, it's, it, but it's like a separate story to him. Based, we're, we're string things that can run around. Yeah. We haven't done any more like that, but we've played like some Crash Bandicoots together. Um, that, you know, some games like that. And then, again, he's really into Fortnite and plays that all the time now. I was going to say, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you talk about that now just because this game was with your son. Fortnite is not on the list. This is, this is me pulling out there. 
Are, we, are, are you playing Fortnite if your son's not playing it? Or is this just like, hey, this is what he likes and I'm going to find a way to play a game with him kind of thing? I, I, I don't dislike Fortnite like I used to. It, it's fun. I like, like the Wednesday night party uh, games that we play with, you know, the Channel 3 crew. And then, you know, I'll play with my sons a few random times throughout the week. But I, it's, it's not a game that I spend a whole lot of time playing. Hey, I have to take one step back here because I have to shout out, you know, trophy support aside for Nintendo, this is one time where they're doing digital games right for multiple Switches. So if you get it's take, It Takes Two for the Switch... I- They've got the second copy in the store. You can just download the like player two copy that you can play remotely with the other person. It's shocking. They actually thought that far ahead, not to screw. I mean, it took like an extra year for it to come out on the Switch anyway, which it's a a clean port when they did it. But the fact that they had that second copy there without having to, you know, pull an Animal Crossing of you've got to have seventeen copies of the game you want to play together. They they uh. They did this one right, and obviously, you know, Nintendo, this wasn't an in-house development, but uh, they easily could have just said, you got to buy two copies of the game, but they, they did they did a good thing here. Yeah, and that's one thing, I mean, I'll just add on that. Like, I, I've never used the feature, but I thought the fact that it was like, if I bought the game, and you also have a PlayStation, we still could play the game together on our separate systems. Yeah, it could have easily been a cash grab, but they uh, no, they just want to get their game out there. It's a beautiful thing. It's a great game too. I absolutely loved it. Well, let's move on to your second game. I think we got a I think we got a one two combo here we haven't really ventured into before. You picked Final Fantasy Nine. I'm gonna open up by saying finally some love for it's probably the least appreciated game from that like Final Fantasy seven to seven to ten, that like that like golden age post Super Nintendo. 7 to 9 running on the original PlayStation. But anyway, uh, Final Fantasy 9, a, a little bit of a, a simpler game compared to Final Fantasy 8, which kind of blew out there. But, uh, you know, I'll shut up. Why'd you, why'd you pick this one? This was the first Final Fantasy game that I actually played. Um, I had seen my cousins play Chrono Trigger, you know, growing up and stuff. But. For Christmas one year, my mom got me and my brother a PlayStation 2, and that was, had the ability to play you know, the PlayStation 1 games. So one of the games that I got was Final Fantasy IX, because I heard you know, that those were good games and fun. And so I just started playing it, and immediately, from the opening cin- cinematic of that one, um, I was just drawn in. Uh, the... I like the characters, the stories. It, it just, I like how the, like even the equipment and the leveling, leveling up wasn't overly complicated. And I think part of the reason why I like Final Fantasy IX so much is because it was my first time in it, it was very easy to learn the systems. Yeah, that one wasn't overburdened with even like Final Fantasy VII. You had to lock your materia in. You had, you know, I don't know if you've played that. We'll, we'll get to, we'll get to talking about seven a little bit later in, a, in one way or another. But yeah, you know, they they really took a step back because that was where eight kind of lost me myself. There was just some. 
there were sub games inside of the game. You had all sorts of stuff going on, and nine was really stripped down by comparison. Um, yeah, I, I recently I played eight for the first time this year. Um, well, the first time I actually like finished it, and the combat system is just too complex, and there's just too much in that game. Um, but with nine, it's it's so straightforward. It's not overly complex. I just it was really easy to get into. So of all the all the game genre, you, know, you talk about one you're playing with your son with. It takes two. You know the the. What, do you have a theme for your three here? Is this just kind of like three great games? I'm just kind of curious. How does this uh, how does this one fall onto the list? This one, I guess that they all. This one, Final Fantasy IX was really what got me into like the RPG games. Because after I played Final Fantasy IX, um, I went back and played some of the old. NES and Super Nintendo, Final Fantasies. Um, I went on to play Ten, uh, which that game maybe could have easily been on here. It's just kind of, I guess, that game that I, I just have really fond memories of. I had never played a game like that that was so... I think, like, the first time I played it, it took, like, 40 hours to play through it. And I I just was blown away by the fact that there's video games that take 40 hours to beat. It, it just, yeah. Anything memorable sticking up for the story from that one for you there? You've got, you know, the little uh, swashbuckling. you got the, uh, the theater set up Actually, there. I, I think uh, I love Vivi's story. You know, he's the little black mage, and he doesn't really know where he belongs and things like that. And then all of a sudden he finds out that there's a whole bunch of them like him, but they're all made to be weapons. But then he finds a village, and, and you know, he finds out that there are more like him that have kind of gained a conscience and are able to talk and live lives and things like that and just seeing his character kind of go through like kind of this large existential crisis <laughs> of just who am I and where do I belong and like yeah this is the mold that you were told you have to be in and kind of breaking the mold that whole story uh, I, I just I like that um, and the same thing with Steiner uh, he's the knight, and his job is to protect the princess. And it's fun to watch his character grow from being this real rule stickler, somebody that doesn't want anything to do with these thieves and robbers and all these other people. And you slowly start seeing him realize that, you know, the good guys aren't always the good guys, and... Sometimes you got to stick up for what's right rather than just blindly following orders. Join us on the Bucket and Hoosier Show, the podcast that's all about community and competitive Rocket League. If you're new to Rocket League, it's a high-flying, fast-paced game that combines soccer with rocket-powered cars. It's a game that's easy to pick up, but difficult to master. 
And that's where our guests come in. We're talking about the best of the best in the Rocket League community to learn about their journeys, strategies, and tips for success. Whether you're a seasoned pro or just starting out, we've got something for everyone. So sit back, relax, and join us as we explore the exciting world of competitive Rocket League. Join us live Monday evenings at twitch.tv forward slash Bucket and Hoosier and follow us on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, and Google Podcasts to catch past episodes. Be sure to hit the follow and notification button so you know when new content has been posted. All right, let's go on to game number three. So we have Heavy Story, Heavy Story. And now we're going to jump into Halo 1 and 2. So Halo Combat Evolved and then Halo 2. And notably, not Halo 3. So why why Halo 1 and 2? What's going on there? Well, uh, Halo 1 and 2, this, is, this one's going to be a little more lighthearted. I, I love these games. These games, uh, I played my first few years of college. So you're playing. All so right. you're playing Halo One in college, right? This is the. This is. Yes. This is. So you're playing Halo One in college. Is there like? Is there a story like a reason why, other than the fact that it's Halo came out and this was a cool new thing? Was it? Is it like a big story? We're playing with friends. Is it like a land party thing? Oh, like, yeah, yeah. What, uh, what's the, so, the big thing about Halo One? So what we would do is we would, you know, me and my friends, we were freshmen living in the dorms, but we had some older classmates that were, you know, they lived in their own house. So we would all, you know, we would go over to their house quite a bit, and they always would be playing Halo. And so it kind of just started, you know, four people at a time playing, and then we were like, well, we need to get, we need to start hooking up more TVs and more Xboxes and stuff. So it ended up being like a few nights a week, we would lug this giant, it was like a 32-inch CR, you know, one of those old tube monitors. The thing just so, weighed so a two ton. So two-person lift job, lift with your legs, oh, not yeah. with your back. Oh, That's right. And, and there was five of us, and we would go down, only one of us had a car, and it was this two-door Pontiac that we would all jump into. The person in the passenger seat would have this giant TV on their lap. We would drive over to our buddy's house and get it all hooked up and stuff, um, you know. And then we would do four on four, and that, I mean, we would play until you know three, four in the morning, and then we would have to lug all of that back to the dorms, go through security as we're carrying the big TV monitors and stuff. But yeah, it, you know, it was just so much fun to do that you know, where you had the eight people playing at a time or the 12 or the 16. Um, we didn't do it too often, but there were a few times that we were able to get, you know, four Xboxes, four TVs all hooked up together and just spend, you know, the afternoon playing Capture the Flag at Blood Gulch. Um, you know, you know, every story, every Halo story, I, I feel like if you told someone today that just that didn't have that history to it, they think, my God, this is the most inconvenient story you could ever tell me. You tell, you had to lug a console that's heavier than like the monitors we play on today. 
with the controllers that are much too large to actually use correctly. And you got to lug this giant TV and you do it all this to play for a couple hours. And then you had to take it back. And you you have to carry it all. You know, this, isn't, this isn't a switch that I can put in a little bag and take with me. Well, it's, like the, it's whole, a- the whole concept is extremely inconvenient. But like it was all that's like part of the experience, right? Like, oh, we're gonna do this. Totally. Together. It's like it's like, you know, nobody didn't want to play, so it was like, well, let's get the eight, you know, eight controllers just so we can have eight people playing and and yeah, it just it, there's so much fun with that. And even if we didn't have you know, even if we didn't have eight people playing just the fact that you could split up the two screens so you couldn't do the screen peeking and all of that was so nice <laughs> because it did get to a point where you could look at somebody's screen and in a second know exactly where they were. Nintendo's over here just doing the like Kermit tea sipping meme with the GameCube uh, ergonomic handle. And uh, we, we don't know what you're talking about this portability and controller problem. <laughs> Ergonomic handle mini mini monitor mini monitor that you could attach to the GameCube, which I feel like people oh. like somehow don't know about. Man, I played I played Smash Brothers on that little thing. Controller oh, still being used twenty years later, unlike oh, the yeah, Duke, absolutely. it's just a legend. <laughs> <laughs> so you know, obviously you're playing in college, so you're you're there live with everybody. Did did it ever transition to playing Xbox Live, especially when Halo Two kind of got going? Yeah. Halo 2 and Xbox Live, that was an experience. Special, special time. It's a special, um, special time. You know, the fact of the matter that they would throw everybody into the main lobby after a match was just wild. And, and I mean, the things you would hear people say and the awful things, it, it was, yeah, it was crazy. But at the same time, it was also nice then that you know, all of a sudden we didn't have to lug the monitor and the Xbox and all the controllers from house to house, and you could play, you know, more conveniently. So when you're playing live, did you, let's see, are you, did you have the uh, the basic little headset that came with the Xbox, or did you get yourself a Turtle Beach? Because those, those felt like the only two options, right? You had to, you had to kept, kept replacing the little flimsy, little flimsy headset, or you got yourself those... Those huge, like real thick headphones that you put on yourself. Oh, I, I, for at that point in time, it was just a little flimsy thing. I played on that too. So Halo Two, Halo Two, you put you put on Channel Three. That's the game that you logged the most hours in. Yeah, I think. Uh, again, it was in college, and the fact that it was online. If I wasn't at school, that's what I was doing. Mm-hmm. Uh, just all the time. It, uh, yeah, I just I loved the multiplayer of it. It just seemed so fun and fast-paced at the time. You know, there was always new weapon combinations that people were coming up with. Um, it, it really it took Halo to the next level. And, you know, even with the multiplayer with, like, the swords and things like that, um, I thought the improvements that they made from one to two just were better improvements. So, Suits, I, I don't know how how much you've talked about that you were going to be on this podcast with people. Do you do, do your friends know that this is an uh, this is an anti Nintendo 
uh, podcast that, you, that you're going with today, that your theme was to be against Nintendo the whole time? <laughs> are, are, they, are, are they aware of this? Or just, are they just going to be shocked when this comes out? I mean, I'm okay with this. I guess Probably. you're in a safe place. Probably. It's okay. It's only because we're letting him get away with extra honorable mentions that he's even going to hit I, Nintendo I, here. Exactly. I'm, only, I'm only bringing this in bef- before we kind of move and, on to the next That's section. just the thing. I, I, I have stories about, you know, like, I, I, growing up, my parents never wanted me and my brother to be on video games and stuff. And the, the first system that I ha- ever had was a Nintendo 64 that me and my brother split together. And we bought it at, like, the, the video game, or at the, like, local vid- video rental place. And we bought the 64, and it came with, like, 10 free game rentals. But, but... And, I don't know. Nintendo, I like, I, I, I like Nintendo just fine. It's okay. You don't have to backtrack. You, you, <laughs> I you feel didn't like if you ask me for another list in a week, <laughs> it could be a totally different list. Let's, uh, let's move into some honorable mentions here. We're going to talk about... Okay. Nor- normally, we tell everybody one to three games. Then we have you know, times <clears throat> where there's people like Frizz who... Uh, Notably, recently, uh, you know, everybody heard sent about thirty-seven games on the list, and you, know, you, you did it right. You caught us. We, you know, we're joking. We're at the end of uh, our pre-holiday recording run here, and you know, you, you, you sent uh, five in. We're like, you know what? Whatever. Let's roll with it. So we're gonna we we may hit a couple extra here today, but we're gonna we're gonna start off with the uh, Ghost of Tsushima. Uh, again, again, as we are sticking with the. Uh, no, uh, no Nintendo till Brooklyn theme here is. Uh, we're gonna stick with uh, one of the the. I, I was gonna say Crown Jewels of the PS4, but even the PS5 really, but probably the Mount Rushmore of the PS4 generation, along with uh, Spidey, God of War, and uh, Horizon Zero Dawn. Is that the fourth of the Mount Rushmore? There, I don't know. Depends on you. Oh, I, I would wow. think so. you, you just put a, you just you just made a Mount Rushmore right now like that. Is everyone going to accept this list that you made, Dan? I, I accept that list, Dan. I, sure. I 100% it was, accept that It was list. tough between Horizon and Last of Us Part 2. I don't know. You can't, Ray, no one is, no one is going to argue wow. the first three. Wow. That fourth, that fourth spot of the Mount Rushmore, I, I feel confident. I couldn't play Last of Us. One or two. I no. just, I, I can't. The, the sneaking around in that game was too much for me. Not a, not a, it's, yeah, there's no... There's no stealth alternative in that game. <laughs> there's no. Let me get no, a grenade out here. No, you, there's not. You don't have enough shivs and blades you can put together to be able to fight your way out of that game. But we're we're here to talk about Ghost to Tsushima here. So yes. So, so uh, did you um, play this on the four, or the five? When when did you crack this one? I played this on the PlayStation Five. I actually just finished it up. Uh, not, yeah, you've been you've been sharing your photos and videos. I should have said this is. I was going to ask that. Well, yeah, it, I I started playing this one. I don't know, maybe in I don't know, sometime this fall, and I just absolutely loved it. Um, the story is is really it, it really grabbed my attention. Even like the side quests and things like that. You know, a lot of times I don't, I won't remember, like, the name of side characters and things like that. But in this one, I knew what the side characters were, what their stories were. I wanted to find out more about the stories. It just, there's just so much to do, too. 
it's, it's 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 a game with art direction too right like it's just a it's got a a rich story a, a just wide open world and I, I mean you won at least one of the photos of the week i think off the top of my head i probably should have i probably should have looked yes. this up but you, know, you had a couple of great yes. duel videos uh throughout mm-hmm. here too it's just it's a uh a, a you know, not to overuse the, oh, this is video games or art. Like, this was truly something where they, they wanted to make this a piece of art. There there were several times when I was playing this game where I had to just kind of stop and, like, look at the scenery because it just was incredible. The other thing is the world is huge, but there's so much that they put in it that you never feel like you're running and just, like, going and going and going to try and get to your destination there's always things that kind of distract you along the way or keep you busy it it just it was fun i really liked it yeah i I just hope these various hollywood strikes have not killed the movie the the guy behind the john wicks with uh keanu reeves has got this on his on his list i think i think it's his next project possibly so i'm hoping that uh you know he in, in john wick 4 they certainly put plenty of uh Plenty of sword action in there that can tell you they, they can make this work. So I'm just waiting to see if it actually happens. I'd be okay with that. It, yeah, I, that game is, if you can play it, I would play it. So a perfect tie-in is our second game to your second game of your three. Kind of the uh, the beginning and the end, not the end of this uh, particular narrative trail for you, but... You talked about how Final Fantasy IX was your introduction to those RPGs back in the 90s. You went back, you cracked a few others from there, and sure enough, Sea of Stars came along this year. Uh, independently developed game that is a throwback just directly to, they said, we're going to make one of these. Uh, you know, They made some quality of life improvements. They did some things that's not just, oh, we, we, we copied the shell of it. They put a lot of heart and story into it, but I'll, I'll shut up anyway, but so... Yeah, so we're we're t- I'm tying this one back to nine for you, whether you wanted to or not. But talk about oh, Sea of Stars. I mean, absolutely. I mean, that game was it was so perfect. If you played those games, you know the old Final Fantasies, the Chrono Trigger, you know things like that. And like you said, it it was, you know, they did make a lot of improvements to make just things kind of go a little bit quicker. I, I guess. The combat system was okay, in my opinion. It probably could have been a little fine-tuned, but it wasn't anything to stop me from enjoying the game. And then again, the story was just terrific. And I'll say, spoiler alert, uh, if you haven't played this, but, I mean, when Garl died, I just, I couldn't believe it. I, it just... I was shocked that they actually killed him off just because he was such a great character. You're, you're witnessing me just suffer a spoil. I, I was tempted to take the earphone out of my ear. Cause I'm, Oh, I'm sorry. I, no, 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 there's nothing to apologize for. This is my own fault. Cause I, hey, I you, took, finish this game? you were like the first one to play it. No, but you, cause you know what happened? What happened was like wonder, like a bunch of stuff came out. I've been playing in the background and playing it and playing it. And finally, like two weeks ago, I started to like play it a little bit more, but I haven't had a lot of free time. So like I'm working my way through it, but, and I, I'm not worried about the spoiler in the grand scheme of things. 
I'm like, yeah, anyway, but it's just funny that I'm like, no, no, yeah, but I'm just gonna, I'm gonna take this one on the chin. It's my own fault. It's nothing but my own <laughs> fault here. I'm still working on Spider Man 2018, so. Oh, I'm not gonna talk about spoil. Oh, your spoiler alerts have already been blown. You're, yeah, there's nothing you do for you. Um. And, anyway, so I, I have to ask. We gotta talk about this combat system thing because. I, so, what's your talk, talk to me about that? What's your what's your issue there? I don't know. Maybe maybe I didn't I didn't get into it enough or try and figure it out more. But it just seemed kind of like almost a little too straightforward. But then also, like, I don't know, with the whole, you had to choose your attacks to try and knock off their, I don't know what those were even called anymore. Yeah, I can't, but, remember, you know, I can't remember what they're called, but yeah, you could, you could sequence your attacks that, like, they give you the, they tell you if you do this, the next three attacks, to, yeah, you can neutralize theirs, yeah. Yeah, by, you know, hitting them with a physical attack and then a poison attack and a magic attack, then they don't get to do their big special move. Which, I, I liked that, but I think there was almost too much focus on that because battling, like, trying to battle outside of knocking those things out gets a little tricky. Yeah, you can, you can, there were a couple times, I think I've probably, I've probably died about three times. I think I'm I think I'm about two thirds of the way through the game. I think I, think I am best. I best I can tell. Um, <laughs> but the uh, I, I've died probably three times where I just got like overwhelmed or I made a mistake in the beginning of the battle and just could not recover from there. So I could see I could see that how you just kind of like either you have it or you don't is uh, is where it's at. I'm like great. I'm just gonna I'm just gonna die this time. I just accept it for what it is. Yeah, uh, but the, the characters and the story of that game are are top notch. It, it's again another beautiful game, and I I would suggest completing all of like the side stories uh, before you finish up the game. Did did you uh, were you seeking this one out, or this was one that was I don't know what tier of PlayStation Plus that this actually. The, you know, I'm playing this on the Switch because I didn't realize at the time because I don't do a good enough job looking at the PlayStation Plus catalog. Uh, this was one that was included day one. So, did you seek this game out? Was this one that you also did you did you end up buying it or did you end up having this in like the PlayStation Plus catalog? How did you fall into this? This was one that I was, you know, I saw it, I played the demo, and I was like, wow, this, you know, I'm really looking forward to this game. I don't buy very many games day one because I'm so far behind. Like, I love the fact that, like, I got to play Ghost of Tsushima for, you know, just with the PlayStation Premium or whatever. And so I don't really buy that many games day one. So when I saw that this was going to be <laughs> released for free on there, I, I was just absolutely thrilled. The next game on the honorable mention list here, um, in a continued affront to Nintendo, you decided we're going to talk about Ghostbusters video game and not Luigi's Mansion. So, <laughs> Ghostbusters the video game. Well, why why is this one on the list here? A uh, a movie turned into a video game, which they're always very hit and miss. But this one seems to hit pretty well. Oh, okay. So this is not this was not a movie turned into a video game. This is its own story. 
It has all of the original cast. Like, it, it's, it was written by the same guys. This game is phenomenal. It's, it's Ghostbusters. So it's Ghostbusters three. It oh, really okay. is. I, I don't it mean really it took a thing. I mean it took the, the a movie concept and made a game out of it. I I didn't mean it Listen, actually turned the movie. I got I, it. I got I, it. I, 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 I was say you put me on my you put me on my heels right when you start this Luigi's Mansion nonsense coming in here as your opening <laughs> salvo for this game. I just, I start feeling a little defensive here. So. I will say this is a game that I played on the Switch. So this kind of does fall into the Nintendo category. Um, no, it does, no, it doesn't, but continue. <laughs> but this is one, my, my, another one that my son just wanted to play, and he started playing it, and just right off the bat, he loved it. And we, we have played through it so many times. We have colored every single ghost that you can fight in that game. It, it just, yeah. It actually, it made me appreciate the story of the Ghostbuster movies more. Because you do learn a lot more of, like, the lore and the background of kind of the main ghosts of the, you know, at least the first movie. It also gives me more concern for Dan Aykroyd overall. Because most of this stuff's coming out of his head, and apparently it's not all its not all make-believe for him. <laughs> that I did not know, but hey, I don't, enjoy don't, it. Do yourself I, a favor. Don't Google that. <laughs> I'll start searching it up. Um, no, it's been great. You know, my son now loves all the movies, and you know, it's just been a fun thing that we can enjoy together. Did you like the fact that you had... You know, offensive weapons that you kind of added onto the proton pack. You know, you weren't just uh, you know sh shooting your normal laser. You had kind of like these blasts that you can like, attack the ghost with. Well, yeah, they all did their own different thing, and you know, from a video game standpoint, you know that they have to throw in some things like that. It couldn't just be the same blaster the entire time. You know, you got to upgrade it and get some new skills and abilities. See, see, that's what I say, because it could have been. They, they could have just said, hey, we're just going to have the same stuff that the, the movie had. That's why I, I say this one did. You know, it sold really well. When I, just, I just don't think highly a lot of times of games that are made just straight like from a TV concept. But I, I, I watched the gameplay of it before, before getting on here, so I, kinda, I, watched, I skimmed through the whole thing and saw the play. It looks like if there wasn't a show, it just looks like a solid game on its own. Which was very cool to see. I, I will yeah. I will back toots up because this is one I played this on the PlayStation three, but because of the kids picked it up on one of the times it was on sale on the Switch. It's a very good transfer over to the Switch. I mean a lot of those like PS three generation games are coming over there or have come over there. Um, this is one that if you have not if you haven't played this and have any kind of uh any kind of interest in Ghostbusters, they, they did a really good job of dropping you into this world. And the Switch works. Yeah. Yep. I 100% agree. It's a good game. Unlike the one that they came out with last year. I, I don't even know what you're talking about. Moving on. <laughs> <laughs> on that note, we're going to move on to the next game here. Nintendo finally gets a little representation from Toothsaroo himself with Contra. So where, where, where does Contra fall on this list here? Contra was one I 
I had a Nintendo uh, in high school. You know, at that time there was like Funko Land, which was like the oh, place you go and buy the second oh, yeah. hand stuff. Oh yeah, and at that time, you, could buy a, you could buy a Nintendo for twenty bucks, and you know the games. You know, if it was like a top tier game at that time, it was like five bucks. Otherwise, you're paying a dollar or a quarter for some of these games. But I, I got a Nintendo, and you just had to get Contra with it. And I played that game so much um, that I could beat that entire game without dying a single time, ending up with more lives than I started with. I, I just, I don't know what it was. I don't typically like to do things like that, but there was something about that game that I just... Over and over again, I would just play through it, play through it, play through it. You're going to offend this man if you ask the thing you're about to ask him, Ray. I was going to say, that's, that's an impressive statement because I, I've a lot of people have said that this is hard to beat without putting in, you know, the very famous Konami code, obviously. Yeah, but you're, you're saying that you... you, you well, there's a lot of time spent with the Konami code but to get to that point. Um... But yeah, it, I, especially those later levels really do start to get hard. But that game is the exact same every single time. Every every level, all the guys coming out, it's it's like the same thing every single time. So once you kind of start getting into the patterns and you know where things are going to come out and things like that, you can start really owning <laughs> owning that game. All right, I'll put I'll put you on the spot. I'm gonna put you on the spot before I before Dan talks about one more game here. Can you say the Konami code right now? Up, up, down, down, left, right, left, right. B A B A. Select, start. There you I go. Have, I got. No, I've got I nothing else. Friends, so I had friends, so we would press select, start instead of just start. Yeah, I was about to say, this wait, guy, what? Look at this. <laughs> uh, yeah, this guy. Look, he gave extra credit too. Yeah, that's it. I was gonna I've say, no, wow. <laughs> All right. It was, that, that game was so much harder though with two people. It, yeah, so like, much worse with two people. Not harder, worse. It's worse. <laughs> no, and the other thing I'll say about that game is I remember, like, with those levels where you run down the hallway and just thinking that was so cool. Like, that you were running into the TV rather than from side to side. All right, well, we're going to take one more, one more tour, one, one more stop on our extra, uh, our extra holiday spectacular. Not really the holiday bonus, honorable mention, bonanza, whatever we're calling this. To uh, Batman Arkham City, uh, the the superhero mention you've got here during the course of this run. So talk to me about it. Uh, you wanted to make sure Arkham City got in here. Yeah. This game blew me away uh, when I played it. Because I had taken kind of a break from playing video games for a while. And... I think I bought a PlayStation 3 is what it came out on. And I had heard, you know, really good things about the game. You know, I, I had seen Batman movies and stuff and watched, like, the animated show growing up, but I wasn't, like, a diehard Batman fan. But I started playing that game, and I got so into the story and into all of the characters and all of the just the Batman lore and stories... Mark Hamill as the Joker is just 
brilliant. I mean, it, it, his character is just the the ultimate hipster response when someone asks you Ledger or Nicholson. You say you say uh, Hamill, and you just walk away. Oh. From all I mean, he needs to be up there in the conversation for best Joker. Uh, he, I just I like his take on it. Him and uh, who is it? Kevin Conroy. Kevin Conroy, yeah, yeah, yeah. Those two just I don't know. They they work so well together. It's, it was great. But I ended up learning so much about Batman, and just at that point. I got. I ended up getting really into Batman and all the movies and learning more about it and stuff. Uh, but I, yeah, the whole open world concept thing too. You know, that was done so well with like the flying around with the bat wings and just yeah, the grapple hooks and all of the gadgets and it was fun. It, it, the stealth was good. That that just was a great game. If you, the best if, of the Batman games. If you have not uh, partaken in the '90s Batman the Animated Series with the with your son, that's a uh, that's a worthwhile detour. It, it holds up. That's uh, my Batman. All right. Well, let's talk. Let's talk about a, a future game you're looking forward to. Here, we're coming back into the the RPG realm, but a, a little different this time. To, with uh, Final Fantasy VII Rebirth, you're looking forward to the, the next chapter here, uh, our, our second disc effectively, but again, also being broken out into, last I heard, two discs somehow that I, I still can't wrap my head around, but that's a story for another day. Um, so I'm, I'm just going to ask, did you play seven during, you know, you talked about nine was your first, and you you went back and played some others. I don't remember, did you did you mention seven in that run there? I know you mentioned the NES. Nope, the seven, seven is one that I... I never played. I've I've always heard like, oh, you gotta play seven. You gotta play seven. It's the best one. And it was just one of those things where I don't know if I was just being stubborn, but I just never got around to like playing it. And so when the remake came out, um, I played that, and I absolutely loved the story and the gameplay. I thought I I like what Final Fantasy has kind of done with their battle systems. But yeah, I just really liked the story. It was, for the most part, new to me. You know, I do know certain things about the game, characters that may or may not... You can can drop the 25-year-old spoiler in here. Yeah, not not the... (laughs) Yeah, Eric. So, you know, it's like, I do know some of the story, but it's also, to me, it's a new story. So it's it's fun. I, I do. I will say that I wish that the Final Fantasy IX would get that treatment because I think that story's a. It just yeah, I like that. Yeah. It got the seven, eight, nine got the well, and and ten and ten two have all gotten the re-release on the Switch and whatnot. But I don't, I don't think you're going to do a full ground-up rebuild for that compared to what they've done with seven. <laughs> right. Pop culture impact there, but. Oh, well, we can always hope. So I, I, I did forget to mention this about Final Fantasy IX, but when I first got it, I brought it home and I started playing it and, you know, get through and all of a sudden you get to your first save point. And I went to go save and it wouldn't save. And I, I, I was like, 
what's going on. I got I got the PlayStation 2 memory card in there, everything like that. You know, I was like, oh, it must just be a glitch. I'll, I'll play on until the next save. We got to the next save. It wouldn't save again. I was like, what's going on? So I turned the game off. I started up again. Get all the way to the first save again. It doesn't save again. I have no idea what's going on at this point. And, you know, this was... 98, 99, something like that. So you couldn't just hop on the internet to be like, why can't I save? I eventually did find out that you have to have a PlayStation 1 memory card to save PlayStation 1 games on the PlayStation 2. I I was clenching my teeth over here when you said you were playing it on the PlayStation 2, and I said, I know where this story's going, and it doesn't make it any less painful. I think I played that beginning part to that game like, five times before I actually was able to save and move forward. Alright, I need to move on to the quest now. That that, that one that one stung a little bit. But you, but you still played it like that's the important part there. I learned I learned something new today. I didn't know that. Well let's 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 move on to a quest. A question from the Channel 3 history books that we've picked for you to discuss. And and again while we're recording in the middle of December, when everyone hears this, they're gonna be in the middle of the cold, dark depths of January, unless they're in the southern hemisphere, then then they're just chilling, laughing at us up here in the, the northern hemisphere. But we're going to assume everybody else is hanging out here with us. And you've got the post-holiday malaise and depression that comes along with that. We're going to battle some seasonal affective disorder here, too. And we're putting that on your shoulders. We're going to ask oh, you. Okay. We're going to ask you for a summer vacation vibe game. What, what's a game that will give us summer vacation vibes? Oh, Elba, a wildlife adventure. So tell me about that one, because this is one where I was watching it, and then I finally cracked it because of you. You had, you had recommended it, and, and, and you're correct. Yeah. This is definitely a summer vacation vibe game. Yeah, it's basically you're like this little girl, and you go and visit your grandma and grandpa on this like tropical island, and there's this mean guy that wants to build, like, a hotel resort over the wildlife refuge. Um, but the game is basically going around and like taking pictures of wildlife and helping the people of the town will have little quests or little jobs for you to do, clean up graffiti or pick up trash. There's like help animal quests, things like that. But it just yeah it's it's a lot of fun it's a good one for the kids it's not overly complicated but yeah it's it's definitely a summer vibe um type game it's it's fun strong strong color palette to bring you out of the gray funk of uh probably half our listenership just looking outside right now and seeing grace know that's been sitting around for for weeks as <laughs> race sitting here in his tank it is a his a sleeveless tank top my yeah, my sleeve, my sleeve looks classic, classic Channel Three memorabilia, never, never to be seen again. At least I don't think it is. Maybe, that one's still, still you can still you can is still, this get a, you still get this one. Yeah, you, you can, still if get you the click circle. Into those, they're still there, I think. Yeah. Oh man, it's, it's just that Joel purple, that purple one that you, me, and Joel got that we had to say, "Whoa, no, no, cancel this one, change the print, That's change the print." The one of three, the one of three shirt. And the last question we ask all our guests, what's been your favorite feature on Channel 3 so far? Oh, there's, I mean, there's a lot. The site itself is just fantastic. But I actually, what I'm looking forward to is the 
using the list um, for the games completed, like especially like the games completed, because I want to kind of start keeping track of, you know, 2023. These are the games that I beat. I can have them all in the order that I beat the games. You know, I'll just know, and then I'm hoping that there is going to be a 2024 completed list that I can then do. And then just so that it has kind of a, a history of, you know, what I've been playing since joining Channel 3. Yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of the list. I like, like help organizing my thoughts, essentially, as I'm, as I'm ordering what I did. Sometimes I go back, and I'm like, oh, that's right, I did start that. I, sh- I should go finish. So I'm a fan of organization. I just I need everybody watching when that best of 2024 list comes out. I'm watching you. It it says it will say specifically in the rules game released in 2024. Do I have a game? Not putting Mario Kart 8 back on that best of 2024 list, people. <laughs> I was gonna say yeah. I I think I think my best of 2023 only has games released 2023. That's why we have a separate list. We have a completed list as well because I've got some. Games completed, I completed, completed in 2023 and started. Games. Yeah, go nuts. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it is true. Mario Kart and Fortnite are not best of each year. I'm watching. I don't people. know if they throw the DLC in there. It's a new game. You know what? I I I knew someone was gonna say I was gonna do that. Like, <laughs> like you know, actually, the Mario Kart 8 DLC finished up in 20. Well, guess what? It's not gonna be any in 2024. So no, you don't know that. You don't know that. That's fair. Oh, man. And with that, we have made it to the end of another What Are Your Three podcast. Thank you, Tutsaru, for being here. You can find the podcast at c3.gg slash podcast, dropping every Wednesday morning at 3.33 a.m. Eastern on all the major platforms, including Spotify, but no longer Google Podcasts. You have to go to YouTube Music and Apple Podcasts. So find them all the way there. I'm Ray. Dan Tucker puts this all together. And for our executive producer, Joel Willis... Have a good day, everybody.